0: And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side. They are the ones in charge of the show. They are at the wheel. They are the host, and they are the ones that are steering the ship through these crazy, chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you here. It is Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. And uh, I hope everybody's having a great day. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, its a very, again, another beautiful day. I tell you what, we... We hardly ever see these. I I don't remember how how long it's been since I saw this many consecutive days. I mean, we had a little rain this morning, but now it's back to blue skies and sun, and it's warm. It's beautiful. So it is June 29th, the year 2022, and you are listening to 1% with him at His Hardline. And today we're going to be reading out of the book of 1 John. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 21, I'm kind of favoring this book. I think it's a very short book, so I think we're just going to finish it up. A lot of good lessons in there. So we're just going to get right into the reading. All right, so right here for the first, let me just adjust my laptop screen here. So the first, uh, so we're just going to get right into it. where It's talking about testing the spirits. And this is what it has to say on the subject. Beloved, do not trust every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they belong to God, because many prophets have gone out into the world. And this is how you know, you can, uh, this is how you can know the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ come in the flesh. Belongs to God, and every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus does not belong to God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist that, as you heard, is to come, but in fact is already in the world. You belong to God, children, and you have conquered them, for the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They belong to the world. Accordingly, their teaching belongs to the world. And the world listens to them we belong to god and anyone who knows god listens to us while anyone who does not belong to god refuses to hear us this is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deceit now we're going to get into talking about god's love and christian life beloved let us love one another because love is of god everyone who loves is begotten by god and knows god Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also must love one another no one has ever seen god yet if we love one another god remains in us and his love is brought to perfection in us this is how we know that we remain in him and he in us that he has given us of his spirit moreover we have seen and testify that the father sent his son as savior of the world whoever acknowledges that jesus is the son of god god remains in him and he in god We have come to know and to believe in the love God has for us. And God is love. And whoever remains in love remains in God and God in him. In this is love brought to perfection among us that we have confidence on the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And so one who fears is not yet perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love a brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. I tell you, there's a lot of love and in him and he and us. And wow, I tell you what, just (laughs) I don't think I caught that this morning. But boy, reading it a second time, it just sounds like there's a lot of redundancy. Like, (laughs) you know, love does not know God and God is love. And in this, the love of God will be revealed to us. And God sent love to us and love. (laughs) (laughs) and You know what I mean? So but that is the reading. So now what did we just read here? Okay, so chapter four includes two major ideas here. All right. So the first is that believers ought to test the spirits, right? To, to, to see if we're dealing with the spirit of God or if we're dealing with an evil spirit, right? That's what it means by testing the spirits. And so we wanna see whether if, like I said, they're from God or not, okay? And we can see this illustrated in, in verses one through six. Now, the second theme is that God both loves us and God is love. As it illustrates in verses seven through 21, leading believers to love one another. Now, First John 4 begins with the command to test spiritual claims. And since not all teachers are true to the faith, Christians are never instructed to believe just because, right? In fact, we are often warned to carefully consider before we trust any particular message. And John was concerned that false prophets and false teachings would deceive his readers. 1 John 4.2 gives the test for spirits which actually come from God. And those are the, and these are those that acknowledge Jesus Christ's real incarnation. And so John adds that believers overcome the powers in, the world, in this world because of God's spirit within them. And the world refers to godless humanity. A worldly attitude listens to unbelievers and ungodly spirits and ignores God. I'm going to repeat that. A worldly attitude listens to unbelievers and ungodly spirits and ignores God himself. Now, the second major section returns to the idea and by the way in case you're wondering where i'm getting this from uh, there's a website that i found i absolutely love it now it, it it doesn't have notes for every single chapter in a book it it obviously it's a work in progress but there's a website i really enjoy check it out it's bibleref.com and so there's readings of the bible in there and then below it is like a summary of each chapter or what specific verses mean it kind of gives you a little bit more you know clarity and context right it's really awesome. It's basically no different than like the notes that I have at the bi- bottom of my Bible, that my paper Bible. But I really like this instead because it gives a perfect summary. Whoever wrote the summary, I tell you, I would love to have them on the show because they they seem to really get it. And so that's what I, where I'm getting some of these notes is from BibleRef.com. I'll I'll put the uh, I'll put the link actually in the show notes. But um, but again, the second major um se- the the second major section returns to the idea that God is love, as we kept hearing, and it sounded redundant, right? where John teaches that biblical love is a sign of being born of God and knowing God. And he states empathetically that believers are to show their love for God by loving one another. And love not only demonstrates God's presence in our lives, it serves as evidence to the rest of the world. And, and love is how the world is meant to see God, even though they cannot do so physically. Now, in verses 13 through 21, that can easily be summarized by the final verse. Anyone who claims to love God must prove it by loving his brother. That's why it says, and that's why in Matthew, I want to say it was in Matthew, when they were testing Jesus, now this is me talking now, okay? When they were testing Jesus and they asked Jesus, I think it was a, a lawyer or an attorney of that day, of those times, and asked Jesus, you know, you know, Lord, what's the most important, you know, what is the most important Um commandment or the most important law and I, I'm just paraphrasing here now mind you but he basically said in lesser words you shall love your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your being with all your basically your all your everything right you should love your God and there's a second one like it love your neighbor as you would love yourself it's all rooted around love and that's why I get so been out of shape and ticked off that the LGBTQ community not only hijacked the rainbow and yeah I'm going to talk about it while we're still in June because it's pride month quote unquote but they not only hijacked the rainbow which is signif- you know in biblical um teachings the rainbow signifies as uh, God's covenant God's promise to us and they basically bastardized it and used it for their little gay pride flag for their little abomination. Listen, and I want to be clear here, okay, because I have family that swing for the same team or whatever, right? They bat for the the same team. I'm not here to judge. I, that's not my job. Some people might hear what I say and say, well, that, that Jason, he sounds pretty bigoted. No, I'm not bigoted. I'm just tired of getting this type of, you know, these different – I'm, here's here's where I'm at. I'm just so sick and tired of people ramming their beliefs and 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 their ideologies and their lifestyles and their interests and their likes and their dislikes and their whatever down the public square's throat. When by and large the majority, and I'm going to speak boldly by saying the true majority. Not the false majority that the media tries to lie to us about saying that actually exists among these groups, you know, in these protected classes of people, if you will, which I don't know why we have to have protected classes of people. It makes no sense to me, but I digress. Like, for example, at my work, they want to, you know, and I'm not going to mention where I work because I don't believe in doing that at all. Okay, I try to keep personal life and uh, work life separate. But I will say this, it's okay for them to, you know, hand out gay pride, you know, rainbow colored bracelets saying, uh, you know, uh, I forgot what it says, like support pride or, you know, pride supporter or hashtag pride, or I don't know what it says on there, but basically it symbolizes that you, you stand in unity with that. But at the same time, if I give a cross, a pocket cross to somebody and this actually happened and my manager saw that and he's like, well, You know, you really shouldn't be giving those out because, you know, you give that out to the wrong person. That message could be received, you know, wrong and you can have HR called on you and it could be end up, you know, it could end up being a big problem for you. I said, well, wait a minute now. How is this any different than when you guys as a company give out gay pride rainbow colored bracelets? Why? Because it's not affiliated with a religion. I got news for you. When you got something like that, that has a flag and and you're, you're you're pushing this you know it's got all these little symbolisms in it and stuff like that i'm sorry but that's pretty much their their religion okay now i say that tongue-in-cheek yes i know gay people that go to a catholic church what i'm saying though is how is this any different you are passing out swag basically it says here i support this but god forbid you know god forbid i give a pocket cross to somebody That I knew in my heart through conversations we've had in the past would have been well received. It's not like I'm going up to an atheist or somebody who I know is, you know, not a real strong believer. Look, I'm not going to go up and push my beliefs on somebody that I know in my mind is not a believer. I'm not going to go up to someone like, hey, I know you're an atheist, but I'm going to give you this pocket cross anywhere. I'm going to give you this little Bible. No, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because that's not how evangelization should happen that's not how you should spread the word the way i look at it we're supposed to be planting seeds sow seeds right just little seeds here and there nothing crazy nothing evasive nothing offensive nothing in your face just sowing seeds right just however that looks like and letting god do all the work with the watering and and, 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 um, and and shedding his light on them seeds people come to christ and god in their own terms it's not my job to go out there and push God in their faces and Jesus Christ in their faces. That's not that's not how that works. But see, what they do is they push it for a month straight from the corporate level to the media and schools, and it's sick, and I'm, I'm tired of it. And, and my whole point of with the whole love thing, that's the other thing that they've hijacked. Oh, well, love is love. Love wins. Yes, love does win when it's God's love. Not when it's sodomy love in the freaking bedroom. Look, I don't care what you do behind your bedroom. That's between you, your partner, and God. I I don't condone it, but I'm certainly not going to sit here and tell you, well, you're you're going to hell for that. No, I'm not going to sit here. That's not my place. Look, I have a lot of friends in Florida. I've known a lot of people that were gay. And quite frankly, look, if I can be completely transparent, some of the guys that I used to be friends with that were gay, phew, you know what? You better believe they're some of the truest friends you'll have because they'll always give you an honest opinion about how you look, if you look like crap or not. If you're wearing the right shirt or if something's out of place on you. Look, I always said, look, don't hit on me, but hey, let me know if there's something off with my wardrobe or if my hair looks out of whack. Now, I don't care now because, you know, I don't have a hairstyle anymore. It's just, you know, basically trimmed down to one size. But my point is, is that I found some of the truest friends among the gay community and believe it or not, among pot smokers, for some reason, those seem to be some of the truest, most authentic, real individuals that aren't fake. And if I'm being completely honest, more authentic and real than a churchgoer that I would, you know, than a parishioner at a church. Seriously. I wish I was kidding when I say that, but I'm being serious. So I'm not bigoted toward the gay community. I, I, listen, I don't care who you are. We all bleed red. I will defend anybody's um right to live the life that they see fit, right? The pursuit of happiness. Yeah, yeah. Having a gay marriage is not a right that's in the Constitution. I get that. However, you do have a right to pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? And so, for whatever reason, you going after the same sex for a partner, if that's something that floats your boat, whatever. I, I, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see me judge you. I, I won't judge you at all. In fact, if somebody gets in there in your face and tries to be bigoted and tries to call you derogatory names, which I'm not gonna repeat here. You better believe I'm going to be your first defender because you know what? I, I believe you deserve the right to live your life in, in the pursuit of life, liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. And if that is your uh, perception of pursuing happiness, hey, okay. Don't expect me to attend your wedding. I'll buy you a wedding gift, but don't expect me to attend a ceremony. I'll defend you, but don't expect me to go in front of a court or wherever in public, right. And, and, and defend, you know, defend it on a, on a, on a, you know, I don't know. I like the bottom line is I'm not judging, but what I am saying is I can't stand when the other side, when these people, and typically they're, you know, it seems like they're demonic and say, you know, Satanist, they, they hijack the rainbow and they hijack the word love. And they say, Oh, love wins. No, again, love wins with God, not gay love. I'm sorry. That's not how that works. Love for your neighbor wins. Loving your neighbor as you would love God wins because that is ultimately how we're going to achieve peace and prosperity and abundance in a world that they want to create with scarcity. That's not how that works. They want fear. They want you to be scared. They want to sow scarcity. They want you to be Anxious? That's not the world we should be living in. That's not the world that God wants you to live in. And so again, John's teaching repeatedly emphasizes in this chapter 4, the fact that a person cannot claim to love God, yet hate others. And as we read in chapter 3, and it made it very clear that hate is always from a demonic source. and. Ain't that the truth? Those who hate are not abiding in Christ. Believers are children of God and brothers and sisters of one another. Yes, even if you're gay. Even if you are an atheist. Because there's good people out there that are atheists. They may not believe in a divine power out there, but there's very good moral people out there that are atheists doesn't matter if they believe in God or not. doesn't matter if they are engaged in a lifestyle you don't agree with or the Bible clearly states is is an abomination or wrong. That's not up to me. What is up to me is to love them and defend them, protect them, and give voice to the defenseless, to the elderly, to the young, to the voiceless. That's what our job is. That's what it is to live and love. And as family, God's family, they are to love one another according to the commandment of God. And verse 18 offers an important perspective on the relationship between love and fear. Namely, that godly, little g, godly love and worldly dread are incompatible. God's perfect love drives out fear of being accepted by him. Other places in scripture speak of fearing, quote, God in the sense of awe, respect, respect or trembling before him. But here, in this context, however, John's focus is on anxiety over whether or not God will truly love and forgive us. And believers who follow God's example of love have no reason to fear that God will not accept them. His perfect love removes the need of this fear, and God is love, shows perfect love, and places love in the hearts of those who believe. And so that basically is a summary of 1 John chapter 4. And like I said, some of the notes that I'm reading off here is from BibleRef.com. It's an excellent resource. Um, I'm, I'm, I've gone through it. There, it. You know, it you could tell they typically favor the international, the new international version, but I do believe you can choose. Oh, excuse me. No, I, I stand corrected. So you can choose to read because it has different uh, Bible uh, chapters in here. They have the NIV, ESV, Uh, King James Version, NASB, NLT and CSB, whatever the heck CSB is. But and then again, um, it's a very nice site. You know, they have a statement of faith, a donate button, a subscribe button, what's new, books of the Bible, stuff like that. It's a really it's really nice site. But, you know, with most chapters, it'll give a little summary. So if you're kind of struggling like I do sometimes to kind of comprehend what a certain message is um, being conveyed in a certain verse or a chapter, It'll give you a summary. And now they don't have a summary for everything yet because if you go to a chapter and verse that uh, they haven't worked on, like especially in the Old Testament, I've looked up a few things in the Old Testament and you won't see anything. It'll say uh, coming soon, right? I mean, the Bible is a big book, so there's a lot to interpret and and summarize. So you got to give grace. But anyway, that's, uh, you know, so that's basically, that's basically it. And um, we just got to remember, you know, that... W- We can't claim to love God, but still have hatred for one another because that basically is all in all an outright lie. You can't hate your neighbor and claim to love God because that basically, it's incompatible because God is in everyone, whether people want to like it, whether people like it or not, or accept that fact or not. God is in everyone. It's just a matter of up to everybody's free will to accept Christ in their heart so they can be rooted and bridged to God. That's why you always hear people invite Christ into your heart accept him as your Lord and Savior so he can bridge you to Father it's a very simple concept but it's hard for a lot of people to reach though I don't it took me a long time to reach it until last what, couple of years so and I'm gonna be 36 this December so you know it took me that long to figure it out 30, 34 or five years old so. Anyway, that's all I got on 1% with him. I'm going to come back. We're going to do a uh we're going to do a his hardline quick look. We're going to go into the next section of the uh 2000-25 uh, War Department issued training manual, a very important book that you if you are um if you like true history and you want to know exactly where we were, where we're at and where we're going in this nation, I suggest listening to that. It's very educational. Uh, we try to keep it between 20 and 25 minutes try not to keep it you know we try not to make it boring we try to make something that is as old as this manual and try to you know make it a little bit more interactive break it down kind of interpret certain things in there so stick around we'll be back in about five minutes with uh his hardline quick look and until then or the next time we'll see you tomorrow and we're going to end this with a prayer all right heavenly father we thank you so very much for another day of life and good health and we appreciate all that you do for us and thank you for just again, I know we sound redundant and we sound like a broken record, but we appreciate the gift of work and the gift of being able to make an income so we can support our families. And I pray for those out there that are struggling to make hard decisions between filling up their gas tank or filling up their refrigerator. I just pray, I know it's going to get worse, but I just pray that you can be a guiding light for everybody out there, um, to be their comfort, to console them, to guide them in the way that they need to go. And so, uh, You know, I know there's going to be a lot of tough times ahead here, which I do believe is necessary. And so as we come and approach these tough times, I just ask you that you be with the people that need you most, even when they don't think they need you, be with them. So we pray all this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, that's it. We'll be back in about a couple few minutes here. And uh, yeah, have a good night. We'll see you tomorrow or here in the next five minutes.
0: And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates.